Boom, 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 it is Olympics time, everyone. <laughs> the, the last thing my girlfriend said to me before dropping me off was, you should say at the beginning of the podcast, it's Olympics time, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> it's Olympics time, bitch. <laughs> Oh, you saying that, it was just like, it's perfect. <laughs> it's happening. Um, anyway, it's Olympics time, friend. <laughs> um, I, you know, when this comes out, we'll be at the tail end mm-hmm. of the Olympics, like a couple more days before the closing ceremonies, maybe one more day. But, you know, Olympics are great this year, maybe a little different. Yeah. Um, understandably so. But, you know, I just feel like it's important. This is a big Olympics. Yeah, it's a big time. Got I mean, I have you watched any of it? I have. Have you watched any of it, Morgan? No, which is sad because I'm in quarantine and I feel like I should be rooting for my country, but <laughs> I haven't even turned it on. <laughs> uh, I've watched a lot of surfing and skateboarding, which are new this year. Nice. They're very fun. I liked the the intro. I watched the intro where like mm-hmm. those guys did every single in the white and mm-hmm. black. That, yeah, that was, was cool. cool. Where they made all the little icons. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. That was cool. It was a fun little, it's not an ad performance, I guess. Mm-hmm. So, was it part of the opening ceremony? It was part of the opening ceremony. Yeah. They like had guys in suits making as close to the as close to the like symbol for the pictograph uh-huh. for them as possible. It's pretty cool. And they told this they told the history of those, which was really interesting because like they were made when like communication was harder. So they were like universal signs of what sports there mm. were. That's awesome. Sounds cool. Yeah, but this year we got some new sports, like you said. We got skateboarding, we got surfing. Mm-hmm. Um, if we talked briefly about this in a previous episode, but I actually cut it out oh. for time because it was part of the cold open and it just got really long. But if you added a sport to the Olympics, let's say they come to you and say, Chance, Morgan, Cameron, we need some new sports for 2024. What you got? Ooh. What would What would you add? What sport would you add to the Olympics? Have you already thought about this? I mean, only because we talked about it before, but I really do think competitive eating would be (laughs) an excellent, excellent addition to the Olympics. I think a pogo stick. Pogo sticks? Pogo sticks. Would that be in like the gymnastics, under the gymnastics umbrella? Yeah. Like you have trampoline. Yes. Olympic trampoline over there. And then you have Olympic pogo stick. (laughs) Yes. I love it. Um, Really quick, just because I'm thinking about it and I have to process my thoughts that I think about. I did recently learn about two sports that were ju- that were in the Olympics that were taken out. One was called competitive club swinging. Club. Like that sounds swinging. fun. It's just people with big, heavy sticks, like twirling them around their bodies. When was this cut? It was like in the early 1900s. Oh, that's why. I was like, why don't I remember this? <laughs> yeah. And then uh, another one was there was professional pistol dueling where they wore like revolutionary war getups. And they like turned around and shot mannequins like as quickly as they could. Wow. So that was an Olympic sport at one point. That's insane. I mean, they're shooting in the Olympics. Yeah. So that, I mean, it makes sense. This is actually shooting a person. Though. Yes, that, that is true. I did like, I saw a picture of the look. It was because they have like the air. It was like basically a, a handgun, uh-huh. but they were 
pointing it and you point it with one hand and they just had their other hand in their pocket. Like they just couldn't be bothered to be there. <laughs> and it was just like, this is my sport. These are my people. Not so much guns, but just like the, I'm just, I'm like a cool anime character or something. Sure. Like I'm Spike Spiegel in uh, Cowboy Bebop, sure. just with my hand in my pocket, shooting my gun. Uh-huh. Um, I would add paintball now that we're talking about it. Oh, yeah. Capture the flag, paintball in the Olympics. Ooh, I like that. I've now decided. Yeah, that's fun. Anyway, I just wanted to <laughs> talk about that. It's the Olympics, dear listener. When this boy meets Concord, unless someone real decides to sponsor us, this is Boy Meets World Fever. I'm one of your hosts, Chance. And I'm your other host, Cameron. Hey, Cameron. Hey, Chance. It's Olympics time. We're feeling fine. Mm -hmm. Summertime and the living is hot. Yes. It's very hot. (laughs) Cameron, you seem tired. Um, maybe a little. I've been staying up too late. Yeah, that summer, yeah, that summer blues. Mm -hmm. Well, it's Thursday as we're recording this, and... Monday, I finished my last grad school class. Mm. And then Tuesday, I started going into my classroom to get it started ready. Oh, yeah. So it's just like, it's a long summer. Yeah. It's been real fun. Yeah. I know someone who's had a fun summer. And I'm super excited to have her on the show because she's one of my favorite people in the world. I've known her since she was like six or seven years old. So I think you should go ahead and introduce her so we can talk to her. Okay. Here we go. Cause it's Morgan Dickey, Morgan Dickey, coming on our show, Boy Meets World Fever, it's what she's doing, it's good to know I got friends who'll always podcast with me, cause it's Morgan Dickey. Yay, Yay Morgan! Morgan. What was that? That was your intro song. I maybe should have listened to one podcast before I was on this. No. It adds to the charm. It's better this way. Um, I'm Morgan. Hi, Morgan. <laughs> so Morgan is currently 19 years old, dear listeners. Um, she's not single. Sorry, just sorry. get that out of your mind. Sorry, everybody. Um, I have known Morgan a majority of her life. She's one of my favorite people in the world. I've always said that there is only one kid I like, and <laughs> it's Morgan. So. I'm now 19, so can I still be called a kid? That's uh, to me, yes, but yeah, the chance is the only one. I'm currently, I currently have Corona. <laughs> yeah. I have the 19 at this moment, so yeah, I'm quarantined. She's, she's tested positive. She's in quarantine, but she's she's zooming in. Okay. What? I'm clearly okay. Like I'm, I'm not sick. Yeah, so you're, that's having, you're having fun. You're, you're like, you get your own place. You get to yeah, <laughs> yeah, on your own. You get to watch yeah. whatever cool Netflix show is cool with the kids. Um. Yeah, today I watched Boy Meets World, so. Yes, perfect. <laughs> watch and then play The Floor is Lava. Ooh, it's true. You could play The Floor is Lava. I could do that, except for the only other time I've ever done that. I was six years old, and I have a scar on my forehead. It's the only other time I've gotten stitches. I knew that story. I had forgotten it. But <laughs> you don't, because there's no one there to rush you to the hospital, should you... Uh... It. No floors, lava. Rest in peace. Are, are you? Do you have like? Do you have a show you're going to binge while you're? Well, I'm watching this show called Manifest right now. 
And tomorrow, season two of Outer Banks comes out. Okay. So if you need me, I will be not available. I will be watching the entire season two of Outer Banks. Is that the one with the girl that says, ooh, David, or is that another show? That's Shit's Creek. Okay, that's Shit's Creek. I thought they know. This came out during, it's funny because last time I was quarantined in March, whenever I had Whenever I was exposed to COVID at the very beginning of the shutdown, I watched season one. So now it's like it's full circle for me. Mm-hmm. I'm feeling a lot right sentimental. Back where you started. You're feeling sentimental. <laughs> <laughs> I feel really sentimental about that uh, coronavirus that I. <laughs> it's bringing me back to the days of whipped coffee. I don't know. <laughs> yes. Get some of that. Play some Animal Crossing. Yeah, yes. it's like it's like you never left your house the first time. <laughs> exactly. Literally. Uh, Make a sourdough. Just watch Tiger King. Yeah. Maybe I will do that. Who knows? Might mess around and watch. What was his name? Joe Exotic. Joe Exotic. Joe. Yeah. Might mess around and watch some Exotic. I actually remember while I was watching that show, I was like, I bet Pastor John is loving this. Oh, he-, he was. We all did. We all watched all. I watched all the way through twice just for the heck of it. I, I remember when your dad was obsessed with the Duck Dynasties guys. Like, I forget. He does definitely have that energy, but like. <laughs> Major crazier. Duck Dynasties Oh, yeah. Major Tiger King energy. I have neither one. That's why I, I was first of my siblings to move out of my house for, to go to college. So that's my <laughs> biggest play. Yes. You are, you are the youngest of seven and you were the first. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, Morgan, it gives me great joy to see you. I'm very excited to be here. Well, <laughs> um, not here. I'm excited to be talking to somebody. It's very weird. I feel like I feel like I was a little awkward at first, and that's because I've had to remember that I can communicate with other humans at yeah. this time. It's insane. Yep. We're glad we could provide that for you. <laughs> we're, we're, we're glad we could provide that content. And, and document it. Yeah. Honestly. <laughs> and being on a podcast is a weird sensation, especially the first few times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel that. Because I was like standing here and I'm standing in front of a window to get the good lighting because I didn't feel like (laughs) getting ready. And about halfway through our first conversation, I was like, why am I doing this? I could literally be laying in bed, couldn't I? Would anyone see me? Yeah. What am I thinking right now? It's only audio. So if you want to go sit down, (laughs) you're welcome welcome to to do that. (laughs) (laughs) She is doing that, everyone. I guess we could have like taken a screenshot and posted uh, just it. So everybody knew. <laughs> so everyone knew could see Morgan with the good lighting. <laughs> now I'm not going to because that's just not it's not right. <laughs> yeah, this lighting is terrible. Uh, anyway, so this is the first episode of Boy Meets World you've ever seen? Well, kind of. I'm from this weird place in my life where that was not my generation show, mm-hmm. but I have so many older siblings that watched it that I've like peaked in on episodes. I knew what the characters' names were, but I was like closer to the generation of Girl Meets World. So, mm-hmm. did you watch the show at all? Uh, not really. Yeah, just because I was like, I kind of aged out of that show, but I wasn't quite old enough to watch Boy Meets World mm-hmm. at that age. So, I'm in a weird place here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I know that I know I knew like who the characters were enough. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Because you have like some of those connections, I was a little worried you'd miss. But one one of the big reasons we wanted to have you on was for that like fresh take. Um, yes, and because we definitely wanted a girl to talk about this episode with. Because this mm-hmm. is a heavy one, folks. Yeah, like, yeah, kind of the first heavy one. Yeah, like both storylines are kind of more mature. Yeah, I agree. So we wanted to have a young female's opinion. <laughs> Happy to be here. <laughs> so. <laughs> Um, I guess 
I guess we can just jump in. Yeah. I'll give the synopsis. Yep. You give a synopsis and then we'll talk about it. Yeah. So Corey goes to see Sean because Sean says that he's sick. And then come to find out there's a girl staying at Sean's house. Yeah. Girl named Claire. Um, and Corey, thinking he's connected the dots, thinks that Sean and this girl named Claire are sleeping together. Mm-hmm. And so he goes and tries to make that happen with the panga. It doesn't go very well. Um, it's not, it's, it's very uncomfortable. And then come to find out, um, Claire is staying with Sean because her father is abusive. So she's trying to be away from that. And then it sort of plays out from there. Yeah. Zero no, hilarity ensues. There's like a couple of moments, but for the most part, there's really not. Yeah. I mean, give them credit where credit's due. They do not make light of either situation. Yeah. They're not, they're not a, yeah. There's a little weirdness yes. in the core plot line. Yes. We'll get there. Yeah. Oh boy. Will we ever? <laughs> Eric has a good moment, actually. Funny moment. So uh, what did you think of this episode? Just off the top of your head, not like giving a rating or anything, but what'd you think? Me? Yeah. Um, I thought that it was. I mean, I wasn't expecting that. Like, you'd give me a warning, you said it's kind of heavy, and I was like, okay. Well, I, like, it always pictured Boy Meets World as this, like, very, very, like, like a kind of like a child show. Mm-hmm. Very funny, like, super light. So I was like, oh, we're talking about, like, abuse and, like, literally if a girl's comfortable having sex or not with her boyfriend. I was like, this took a turn for me. <laughs> That I was not expecting, but it was good. I think that they they portrayed the situations very well. Yeah, yeah. What'd you think? Yeah, I I think I even told you yesterday as we were talking about it. It's like I don't know what to do with this yes. episode. It's like there are there are two like head like heavier plot lines, but they don't really go together. Well, they do. And they do, and they don't. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, it's just like through the first half, I was like, I don't remember this at all. <laughs> Like, I remember this kind of plot line being pretty big in later seasons because it just kind of continues from there. But I don't remember it starting this early. Yeah. Like the Corey wanting to have sex with the Wanting to have sex with the Bang and her being like, no. Yeah. Yeah. It was weird. Like, I was trying to picture, like, watching this for the very first time, like, when it first came out. Because the way you described the show is really apt. Like, it's goofy. It's funny. There's some heartfelt moments. And they touch on some bigger issues from time to time. Mm -hmm. But this is the first time they've, like... Hey, we're going to talk about abuse and consent. (laughs) um, And yeah, it was just like, it's real heavy. There's a point where like Corey is really confused in the school hallway. And he's like looking around, like really confused. Like, I don't know what's happening. I kind of feel like that was everyone who was watching this episode Mm -hmm. for the very first time being like, what? (laughs) What's going on? I don't know. Because this is like, I mean, they've handled like, self-image and even to a lesser extent like should you let people at school think you slept with a girl if you didn't mm-hmm. they've handled little stuff but and like death a little bit too yeah they handled death but it was like the death of a lunch lady uh-huh. not like a main character or anything and always in really jokey ways mm-hmm. but this was not a joke which is good yeah i think that it was good i was like very concerned so i I, like, refused to watch TV shows with laugh tracks. And I was like, oh, geez. The beginning part was more like, like, whenever Corey goes over to his house, Sean's house, and there's, like, a lot of laugh track. There's a lot of laugh track going on. But then, like, literally, like, five minutes in, I don't think there was another laugh track just because it wasn't, there was no more, like, this is supposed to be funny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you got the no laugh track episode. I know, me too. <laughs> We're happy to help. <laughs> Uh, I grew up watching like sitcoms and laugh tracks, so I don't even notice them. Uh-huh. Like, rarely will I ever be like, "Oh, there was a laugh track there." Like, I can't. If you were like, "Chance, what? When 
did like the audience laugh after this one? I'm just like, I don't, I don't know. I tuned out laugh tracks. So I don't want to be told when to laugh. Yeah. I'll laugh when I'm ready to laugh. There's a few times when laugh tracks are really out of place that I'll notice them, but. Like any CBS comedy, Hack Big Bang Theory. Oh yeah. Well, probably. I haven't watched the show in so long. I don't even know. They love that thing. Um, but yeah. So we, we pick up, like Morgan was just saying, this episode starts with Corey going to visit Sean because he's sick. Mm-hmm. So someone's going to come visit you because you're sick. But they shouldn't. <laughs> yeah. They better not come in. <laughs> yes. Leave it at the no door. No coming in, just leaving at the door, which I got really scared last time, put a couch in front of the door. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's interesting to me, because, like, where you are right now, you grew up there, like, entirely. <laughs> I would feel like you I would know. feel very secure. Yeah, you'd think so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you have been alone in that in that church at night at least once. <laughs> Oh, yeah, 100%. But this is like an extended stay here. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I remember as a kid being afraid to be in the church by myself because they always talked about the Holy Ghost. <laughs> like there's a ghost in the church. That is too funny. <laughs> I've since grown out of that, but I still don't like to be like in a big building by myself. You know, out of context, Christianity is really weird. We hang out with a ghost that's our best friend. We eat body and drink blood. We talk about being washed in the blood of a lamb. It's a, it's a, yeah, out of it's kind context. of culty if you think about it too much. <laughs> it's kind of, it's kind of weird. Anyway, <laughs> just a little aside. But yes, Corey's being a good friend. Corey's being. A I was very, I was really proud of him actually, <laughs> as he comes to Sean's house. Like you said, you're sick, so I brought you this and this, and here's some soup and all sorts of stuff. I like. Well, I I like and I don't like that he's like. Oh, did you bring me flowers? And he's like, yes, but I didn't know if it was appropriate. Sean's like, definitely, definitely not appropriate. It's appropriate. Yeah. Why can't a dude bring another dude flowers? I agree. Next time you're sick, I did not bring you flowers. Oh, thanks. What? I feel like if you are offended that your friend brought you flowers and you're a male, you need to... You need to have a moment with your masculinity. I think that you know, like, <laughs> it needs to be okay that there's flowers. Yeah. Like you need to be that comfortable with yourself. Flowers are nice. There's actually three kind of gay panicky jokes in this beginning. And this is one of them. He's like, I did bring you flowers, but I didn't know if it's appropriate. And Sean's like, definitely, definitely not appropriate. It's like, huh, that's a, that's a gay panic thing right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like this yeah, they're, they're still a few episodes away, I feel like, from like leaning full in on the Corey Sean sort of bromance. Yeah. Like, that you really start to get later. Yeah, they definitely make it a romantic thing as the show goes on. But yeah, Corey's being a great friend. Yes, Corey's being a really good friend. <laughs> yeah, Corey's being a good friend. A little gay panicky, but whatever. And then Corey, why does Corey try to go into the hallway? He's going to plug in the uh, humidifier. Ah, yes, for Sean. But- oh. Dun, dun, dun. There's a girl there. Mm-hmm. It's Claire. Yeah. We've never seen before. We've never seen her before. <laughs> yeah. So Sean has a girl staying over and uh, her name is Claire. And instead of doing the smart thing or the reasonable thing or the thing of being like, hey, we're not sleeping together. Sean just apparently tells Corey nothing. <laughs> That kills me. That I think that might be like the like this the stupid part of the episode, in my opinion, because it's like this whole thing in retrospect could have been somewhat avoided if Sean would have just been like, "Yo, dude, it's not like that." Yeah, like like <laughs> that's all he would have had to say. <laughs> it, I I completely agree because like all of this is very realistic and all of it like jives with me, except for if you know what conclusion Corey is jumping to, 
just say, hey, I can't tell you what it is, but it's not sexual. Mm-hmm. Well, but here's here's a hot take. What if he didn't want to tell Corey because he didn't want to tell Corey that what had happened to her? So he was like, mm-hmm. oh, if Corey just thinks that we're sleeping together, I don't say what's really going on. Yeah. Yeah, but I feel like they're definitely, I understand where Sean's coming from by not saying anything. He's like, I want to protect her. Right. Whatever. But at the same time, it's like, just a, you know, to say everything, but just say it's not what you think if this is what you think. Like yeah. some, It's something else. And just like, but please respect it. Yeah. It's yes. like, I'm not telling you what's going on, but we're not having sex. <laughs> like, oh, okay. I feel like it's a very easy thing. And like, I agree with you. Like, there's got to be something going on in his head. Like, oh, maybe if he thinks this, it'll lead him away from the real thing. Or, right. or maybe, I mean, so Sean is kind of an infamous womanizer. Maybe he kind of likes that Corey's thinking this about him. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And then is this the moment where... Claire's like, you're not going to tell anybody. Yeah. And then Corey's like, normally I would tell Sean, but he already knows. Unless he's a complete idiot. <laughs> yes. It's probably my favorite joke in the entire episode. <laughs> he's like, Corey, you won't tell anyone. I would normally tell Sean, but... <laughs> he already knows. Unless he's just a complete idiot. Yeah. Which sometimes he might be. Yeah. So it's a good scene, but I do, especially as an older person, I'm just like, two more words, not sex. And you've like fixed half the problems mm-hmm. in this episode. Yeah. But what other what other plot could go with this? <laughs> Nothing. Because they could have just fleshed it out a lot more. Yeah. Because it felt like it was just a minor thing. Yeah. Yeah. And then we cut to school the next day. Yes. Oh, I think we're in Chubby's next. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I forgot about their talk at Chubby's entirely. Mm-hmm. Does anything happen in it? Um, not really. It's just Corey kind of projecting his own insecurities and feel like Sean's leaving him behind. Um, yeah. More or less. He's like, you and a girl spent the night together without me uh-huh. um, and all of that. Yeah. And this is like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to harbor on this too much, but like if Sean was like avoiding him for the whole episode, this would be a lot more understandable, but Sean is like clearly talking to him mm-hmm. and clearly knows what's going on in his head. Yeah. He's seeing he, one, he knows Corey and knows how his mind works uh-huh. and doesn't work. Um, and two, he's like there. And usually they share everything. Yeah. And Corey's proven a lot of times that he's a person that he can trust. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it's just kind of weird. Uh, what do you think? Of what's, what part? Of just the situation. Um, I definitely just think that it, it all could have been much more avoided. But at the same time, I think that if I was in Sean's shoes, I wouldn't have told him anything either. I don't mm-hmm. think I would have been like, no, we're not having sex. I think I would have been like, if this is what he can think, then we'll be fine. And I would have just moved on. Yeah. Yeah. I can definitely see that. I actually do sympathize with Sean a lot in this episode. Like, I agree. I think that Sean had like the hardest part in this episode because he's put in like an impossible situation with her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, yeah, they just talk about this and then they, they go to school and they talk about it some more. Like, Topanga and I should be at ninth base by now. And so Corey decides... Like time to get to ninth base. Time to get to ninth base. <laughs> and he plans this evening for Topanga. And it is a uh, it's certainly an evening. It's something. <laughs> there are grapes on the bed. <laughs> the, the grapes on the bed. Okay, maybe that's my favorite joke of the whole thing. Corey, there are grapes on the bed. Why would you say that? Great. I think that was my like I think that that was the time that I like chuckled. I was like, that's funny. <laughs> I just I just wrote down bowl of grapes exclamation point. <laughs> just so and it comes back again. <laughs> oh, there's a bowl of grapes. I like grapes. Um yes. He comes down, he's looking good. I like mm-hmm. his outfit. May I take your Nazi, for sure. <laughs> oh, these old things. <laughs> 
What was the third one? Is it can I take your coat? These old things. Um, I can't remember. He's like got this whole thing practiced uh-huh. for like how it goes. Uh-huh. And then Topanga comes in, not wearing a coat. Yeah. Can I take your coat? I'm not wearing a coat. Oh, these old things? <laughs> Corey, are you okay? Yeah. And then he says the third one, whatever it was. Uh-huh. And uh, he comes in and he's got like a charcuterie board down in the living room, but immediately is like, let's go upstairs. Uh-huh. Very smooth. Very smooth. It's like, you want to see my CD changer that I got? I was with you when you bought it. Yes. yes but we need to like go hear it. Yeah. You, we need to go hear it all set up. Um, CD changer brought me back. Yeah. Um, Morgan, do you ever have a CD changer? No. It's like a it was a big deal when they came out. It was, it was like, huge. Like the, the thing was huge because he said CD changer and I was like, I don't know what that is. And <laughs> I can tell my age right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was it they were these huge like boom boxes, stereos, and you could put like six discs in them and they would like you could just mm-hmm. choose between which uh-huh, which disc without having to change them. Like yeah. take one out and put the other one in. Oh. I remember in junior high and high school I had like a five C D changer, mm-hmm. but it was like cool looking because this is when the technology had already progressed past cds like the ipod had come out but it was like really cool and kind of clear on the top and you could see like the cds as they moved around yeah and like dropped it i like that how fancy yeah yeah it was very aesthetically pleasing there were like a few when i was young like milestone purchases that every kid got like one of them was like the first phone in their room i never had that you never got that um this might come to surprise you but i'm not much of a phone talker chance well back in the day but yeah so one of them was for first phone in the room and one of them was uh the first time you got a stereo in your in your room like it was a big deal back in the day i got my phone and my stereo all clicked into one and i could carry it around my house yes yes you did <laughs> but i feel like Probably that moment you get your phone is probably that landmark moment. I can see that for sure. You got yours at like, what, 12, 13? Mm, 13. Yeah. I know you were pretty young. Yeah, definitely. 13. But I feel like the CD teacher also cracked me up because the CDs were just a mess. Everything that he had going for him. (laughs) If I went into a boy's room and that's what it was like and him telling her to sit on the bed, I was like, Corey, at least make it some (laughs) kind of smoother than this <laughs> yes absolutely. i was like you can't just tell a girl to sit on the bed like that yeah it was <laughs> sit on the bed this is where the acoustics are best like yeah sit on the bed. yeah this is where it sounds the best it's like okay okay dude <laughs> we I, I see what you're doing and it's not okay yeah. but topanga did it i mean topanga was fine with it first well i mean she's literally known him his whole life like they've like known each oh. other since they were babies how long have they been dating? Uh, only like two seasons, but was so. there always that love interest though? Yeah, they're, yeah, they're the I guess the Ross and Rachel of the show. Yes, but he is not smooth at all. No, it is painfully bad. Yeah, and I'm just gonna throw it out there: all those candles. It, it, there's a point where candles tip into trashy from classy. Mm-hmm. Ooh, facts. I can agree with that. You just need a couple. Yeah. Also, it gets really hot. Yeah, having that many candles um, and a fire hazard. <laughs> I don't know. Have you seen The Office, Morgan? Most of it. I know Chance isn't a fan, but when Michael proposes to Holly, I don't know if you've Mm -hmm. seen that episode, but (laughs) they go back into the annex of The Office and there's just candles everywhere. Like on every surface, these tall white candles that are all lit. And then he's like, he gets on one knee and he's like, Holly Flax, 
will you? And then just suddenly the, like the fire suppressant system <laughs> kicks up. on and just like the sprinkler system is just like raining down water on them. And it's just like, yes, this is great. <laughs> It'd be a memorable proposal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> stuck, stuck out with me. How do you guys stuck out? How do you guys feel about stuck grapes out. on the bed? <laughs> I just cannot get over that. That was the funniest thing of the entire episode for me because I was like, <laughs> of all the things to like, okay, hear me out. If there were strawberries on the bed, that would be one thing. I don't know why there's a big difference for me in that. But if there was like, so, but the grapes, like I have all of the, the food items he could have had. Yep. Why do you put grapes in the bed? <laughs> I feel like grapes are sort of that stereotypical, like very luxurious kind of reclining are you talking about like eating grapes dangled over your mouth? Are you like oh imagining <laughs> that Corey was thinking like, oh, I'll lay on my bed and she will feed me grapes? Maybe he thought that's what ninth base was. Yeah, maybe it's just Corey doesn't know. <laughs> I'm not sure what ninth base is, so I'm going to get the Volvo CD. I'm going to get the grapes on the bed, candles everywhere, and we'll just see what happens. <laughs> oh, goodness. I did like... Um, Topanga's reaction to the Barney CD or whatever, like the <laughs> "Where's my nose?" <laughs> yeah, that was really cute. How old are they at this time? They're supposed to be fifteen, about to turn sixteen. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, like the next episode, Topanga turns sixteen. Yeah, and the next episode is her sweet sixteen party. But also, Morgan is far too old to be listening to this. <laughs> oh yes, not this Morgan. No, Morgan, his sister Morgan. Yes, he has, way, a little uh, he has a little Morgan. sister Morgan, but she's like, she's nine gotta be ten. like nine or ten at this point. Yeah. And you're also too old to listen to it, though. <laughs> Thank you for that. Thank you. Appreciate it. I She babysits like her little cousin often, so I'm sure she you probably heard it. Facts. I visit my little cousin twice a week, and I listen to all the nursery rhymes. Do you, do you watch shows with him? Yes. Is Bluey the best one? Blue. What? You haven't watched Bluey? No. You, you need to Where, watch What's Bluey. it on? Disney Plus. Okay, noted. We'll be watching Bluey. Uh, hands down, just the best kids cartoon. Yes, I have been exposed to the most kid car- kids cartoons of my entire life at this point. And Bluey is like, it's not even a contest. In this house, noted. we back to Blue, that's who we're talking about. We watch a lot of Little Baby Bum, which is pretty much the worst. Ooh. Yeah, we. my boys are into Cocomelon right now. And I just oh, he loves Cocomelon. Break the time. He loves Chico Bonbon. Oh, I hate that one. Chico, Chico, Chico Bonbon. Oh my gosh. Yeah. The monkey with the tool belt. Mm. But Bluey is fantastic. Noted. Yeah. Amazing. It's not even like, it's like there close. are all the kids shows that I've watched. And then like, I could see myself at some point in my life being like, I wonder what the new episode of Bluey is like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we were very excited in this house when the second season came to Disney Plus. It's just like cute little eight minute episodes. Yeah. Oh, I like that. It's wonderful about play and like family and yeah. imagination. And... Maybe I'll binge watch that during this quarantine. And they're, and they're all dogs <laughs> too. Um, Which really adds to the fun. You should. And get, uh, what's his name? Carson? What, what the kid you babysit? Crosby. Crosby. Of course. Crosby. You should get Crosby into it. Will do. Um, but yeah, Bluey, it's great. Um, so you've heard a lot of Barney-esque songs. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Certainly. Uh, though I did get my girlfriend's kid hooked on Daft Punk's Harder, Better, Faster, Stronger. So now every time I'm around, he's like, play the better, faster, taller song. Yeah, my son's called the robot song. Oh, the robot Which song. is also a good name for that song. It's true. <laughs> So, um, a lot of kid talk. Wow. Didn't think yeah, that was going to happen. I mean, it's the natural progression of what Corey's trying to do here. Yes. Because he's being <laughs> so juvenile. 
<laughs> oh, I was just thinking trying to have sex, which leads to kids. Oh, yes. Yes. Morgan Morgan was tracking with me. Yeah, I got you. Um, so after the Volvo incident and the Barney incident, he finally gets a CD and he they start kissing like they always do. Kissing is a very big part of this show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Especially from like season four onward. Yes. What does that but, even mean? Like... Just kiss a lot. There's a lot of like people are into it. (laughs) It's weird. Oh, like even in previous seasons, they're like, "We're teenagers. What do we do? We go make out places. That's that's the thing." I was like, Uh, "Oh, I can't see that." Okay, okay, I'm putting it together now. I'm like, "Why?" But it's also like, isn't it pretty clean? Like it's all pretty PG. Yeah, yeah. There's a few. There's a few things here and there. There's an episode where the boys get drunk that was banned from airing on Disney Channel, so a lot of people didn't see it. Um, there's an episode where Corey and Topanga get a hotel room after prom that was banned from Disney Channel. Yeah, that was banned from Disney Channel. But mostly, other than those two, like it's it's very PG. Mm-hmm. And even those two aren't like extreme. No, they're not. They should not have been banned. Like they're very much like in line with Disney Channel values of like weight and like don't, don't drink, drink. <laughs> yeah it's just like i guess they thought the implication was scandalous that makes sense um yeah so Corey like just goes straight for it mm-hmm. without talking to yeah. her yeah there's no waiting in that there's no like he was just going for it he said i'm getting i'm gonna scroll up i don't care what it takes <laughs> yeah i just when i when i saw what he was doing i was like dude like Take a little bit of time here. It was like a jump from like turning on Barney to trying to mess there in like that short. Yes. It was like Barney to trying to unhook a bra in. And yeah, 0.5 seconds. Yeah. And it's just like, Corey, like, I know the whole point of this is you don't know how this works, but like, you got to know it works not like that. Progression, buddy. Progression. Give her a little bit of time here. Yeah. And talk to her. Yeah. Yeah. These things. <laughs> yes. Um, but I guess, you know, he is 15 and yeah. every 15 year old boy is an idiot. The thing is just like, what did you think was going to happen? Yeah. Here? And Corey just ends up being like, I'm just going to throw myself out. It's like, you should do that more often. Yes. <laughs> Corey. <laughs> I, I did love his reaction. He's like, well, I just thought we were ready for more like Sean, which is the worst thing you could have possibly said in that moment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm trying to keep up with my friend who's having sex, I guess. Uh-huh. I think. Yeah. I assume. <laughs> um, not a good take. It's a bad take. And uh, she's like, Corey, I don't know. I- I- I'm going to go. And he's like, no, no, you stay. I'm going to throw myself out. <laughs> <laughs> good on you, Corey. Yes, please. That was a good choice. Um <laughs> I mean, at least he was remorseful for his actions. Uh-huh. I agree. I think that that's what a lot of him. Because I don't, I mean, I don't know the character. I don't know his character in the show. So I was, I was happily surprised whenever he was like, you know, I feel bad for this. He wasn't, he didn't have like, I don't know, weird vibes. He yeah. just, mm-hmm. he just exited. He just chose to exit. He was just but does done. he feel bad for what he did or does he feel bad for being rejected from what he wanted? <gasps> Ooh, now that's. Why does it have to be either? Can't it be both? I suppose it's it's probably a mixture of both. <laughs> yeah, he uh, he definitely knows what he did was wrong. The next day when they're at school, mm-hmm. Again, this is my favorite scene. This is, entire, I think so. Nice stuff with Mister Feeny is pretty great too. Yeah. Yes, because that's what I was talking about. Whenever is that his name? I didn't know the I didn't know the teacher's name. 
Yep. Yeah, he's Mr. Feeney. Um, oh, Mr. Weenie. Mr. Weenie. Um, yeah. So the next day, Corey is like, hey, hey Topanga. <laughs> and she just ignores him. Rightfully uh-huh. uh, so, if we're being honest. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, um, but yeah, so she rightfully just kind of rejects him. Like, And Feeney's like, what's going on? I normally don't get involved, but you guys are cute. <laughs> Yeah, that was, a, that was the funniest line. He said, I used to get involved in people's personal life, but you guys are cute. Yeah, and he gives Corey some actually really good advice, like relationships are about communication, um, which I would encourage any young person out there. That's very true. Like communication is so important. You got to make sure you're not assuming anyone knows anything that they're not. Like you got to keep communicating. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> he tells Feeney gave him some pretty good advice like about communication, but mm-hmm. then he executes it really poorly. Right. Which is pretty classic. Yeah. That's how it goes. He, he goes up to Topanga. Topanga, I feel like we should be able to communicate about this. I don't know what to say to you. And then he just gives up. <laughs> yeah. Like, he just walks away. He is not, he's not a very <laughs> persistent person when it comes to that scene. No. And he goes back, Feeney, what else you got? <laughs> he's like, I don't know. He gives a shrug. It was funny when he's like, this compact disc sailed into my window and landed <laughs> on my walnut credenza. Yeah. <laughs> is he Mr. Feeney single? Huh? He's a oh, widower. he lives next door. He mm-hmm. lives next door and he's a widower. Yeah. Aww. Yeah, poor Feeney. Yeah. So we feel for him. We do. Um, then Feeney and Topanga are gone and Sean walks up and Corey's like, this is all your fault. And he like kind of says what's going on. And then Sean, wait, let me get this straight. What? <laughs> <laughs> I did. I did think it was funny right before this Corey's line. Well, apparently, I can get people to shake their heads at me. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I actually agree with Morgan. I think this is probably the best scene in the entire sh- episode, uh-huh. just because like it really shows like Corey meeting the world and being very confused by it. Uh-huh. Like the world is coming at him from all directions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it really does. Yeah, and this episode is kind of dealing with two things. Yeah, um, but Corey's like, well, I wanted to t- wanted to paint it and I to move on, and I told her you had moved on, and and then Sean gets really mad at him. <laughs> you told like you told her. He's and- like, it was just a panga. He's like, no, like, uh-huh. we told you not to tell anybody, which is fair. <laughs> I think that that is fair that he said that because I would be upset too because it wasn't about. I agreed with Sean more than I agreed with Corey because it was like, okay, see, but also here's the thing is that I tell my boyfriend everything so i think it'd be very hard even if my best friend was like don't tell anybody i'd be like oh i'd want to tell someone so i can see both sides but i think that sean's justified that he's upset because he did break his trust like he literally asked directly don't tell anyone that she was over yeah what did he do he goes and tells topanga told yeah and he didn't tell him in the way sean probably is thinking mm-hmm. that she told him because he didn't even say claire yeah he just he's said never meant he just said he had someone over but still, like Corey doesn't. Make but then Corey's thinking it's this one thing when yeah. Sean is, knows it's this other thing. Yeah. Yep. So Corey is very confused. He's like, I don't know. He at the at the end of that scene, uh, Ben Savage does a really good job of just like looking really overwhelmed and like bombarded. So yeah. And that's kind of the end of that scene. And then we are back at the Matthews house. Yeah. And Alan and Amy and Eric are all at the table. And Corey comes down um, and is kind of doing whatever. And Alan's like, what about your girlfriend? What about Sean? <laughs> Corey does come down and say, you know what this family hasn't done in a long time? <laughs> Sing. Sing. <laughs> I do like this part. 
<laughs> do they sing a lot in throughout the series? No, no never. never and then of course, like, Michael, row your boat ashore, just the mamas. And they, she doesn't say anything. And he's like, just, just the friendless, dateless, lonely boys. And then Eric starts singing with him. <laughs> yeah, Eric's like, I get it. <laughs> um, <laughs> just sing. Did your family just gather around and sing a lot? <laughs> Not even close. <laughs> <laughs> I think I would exit the room if my family started to do that. <laughs> yeah. You and Jordan have some musical talent. The rest of your family I know your I know your brother Jonathan doesn't. Because I remember trying to sing uh, Bruno Mars' Lock Out of Heaven with him. And he just like could not do the syncopated anything whatsoever. Yeah. Like, sex takes me to paradise. Like, no, Literally. Gotta, gotta hit feel the beat. And he's just like. I think I am. <laughs> no, you definitely aren't. <laughs> yeah, Jonathan's not musical. No, love him, but can't do that. He's a lovable dude, but he's lovable. <laughs> um, yeah, you and Jordan definitely have the most musical talent in your family. I feel like. Yeah, I don't have a lot. Though Jordan got the majority of it. <laughs> uh, it waited until the last two. It was trickle down talent. Yeah, it was funny that he said that, though. I was so confused because I was like, does this family do that a lot throughout the show? <laughs> nope. Never not once and never again. <laughs> never again. Um, so, like, what's going on? And Eric's like, I have no idea. It could be a million things. And then he, like, gets up to the room and he tells Corey exactly what's going on. Uh-huh. Yeah. Peng is not letting you get any. Yeah. More or less. And... uh <laughs> This is where we get the other, like, the, probably the most homophobic joke in the entire episode, where he's just like, well, why don't you tell me about your first time, Eric? And he's like, you remember my friend, Billy, whatever? Mitchell Davis. Mitchell Davis. He's like, okay, tell me about your second time. It's like... Which Eric's Eric's saying that was really funny. Yes. And like a twist on what you're expecting. Yes. But then Corey's response, he could have said anything else. <laughs> yes. And it probably it would have been better. And then, okay. It's like, oh, uh, didn't want to know that. Tell me about another time. So, but yeah, he tells him this story about not getting your training wheels off until you're ready. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Mitchell Davis got a bicycle just like him yeah. without the training wheels and said he was ready, but he wasn't. And he fell and like smacked his head into a mailbox. Yeah. And that's why he repeated the sixth grade 11 times. Yeah. 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 This, uh, this scene is really weird to me. Like it's really odd. Weird. Because we're dealing, like, we're teaching a lesson about something that's not happening. Like, why are we, why are we following this thread of Corey? Ha- Corey's like not being ready for sex mm-hmm. when it's not a thing that's happening. Yeah. See, and that's what I'm. I felt kind of like I was cut off halfway through the the episode with that because once, right, whenever he comes through the window, Sean comes through the window at this point, right into his room. Yeah. The whole storyline is just gone from yep. Topanga and. and yeah. Corey, it's like oh we're done with that we'll just put on the back burner for now yeah it's just like not a thing yeah yeah we don't really bring up the topanga thing really again yeah it's 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 bizarre for sure if you see in my notes i wrote down eric's quote that he says and then i write man this episode is nuts and then well this wrapped up too nicely and i didn't write anything down from the whole rest of the episode just because I was like what zoned it? in, paying attention, and I'm just like, what do I even say from this yeah. point on? But it's just completely, it's it's done. Yeah. So yeah, we we wrap up this and like literally, Eric leaves. Sean comes in through the window, and we're in a new episode. Yeah. 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 Literally. Yeah. <laughs> um, and like this is where we learn like Claire's dad beats her mm-hmm. like apparently pretty severely. Yeah. Um, 
and Sean's like trying to protect her. And like the weird thing is this is so much more engaging to me uh-huh. because I, I really do think like this is an impossible situation. Like, I feel like the show tries to take it kind of lightly, not, not lightly, but like they try to give you one answer. Like a black and white. Yeah. Black and whitely. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I think Sean is very justified in his beliefs because very few <clears throat> like abuse victims who seek like, <clears throat> excuse me, who seek like authority help actually get out of their abusive situation. Yeah. So like, it's really, I don't know. It's heavy. And I thought it was much more engaging. What did you think, Morgan? Um, did, Are you talking about more engaging than the court in Topanga? Yeah. Storyline? See, I struggle with it because, I don't know, I think that both sides of the episode were really good. I mean, I think that both were like relevant because i don't know i kind of got mad at Corey because it was like Corey, stop because i felt like he was kind of pressuring her and i think that that storyline could have led to something more like Ooh, yeah. the actual conversation of consent i feel like they just left it i think it could have been something that was like relevant but yeah. then they just kind of stopped and it was like okay you didn't actually teach anyone how to handle this situation i was once um sean came through the window though and said that Claire was being abused I was like totally engaged in the show I definitely think even more so than I was before yeah and I definitely agree with you if there had been a conclusion to Corey and Topanga's storyline or if like because I mean it was the 90s and it was very much like this like puritanical like even secular purity culture where the 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 thing is like hey just don't have sex because you're a kid yeah and that is just not like it's not interesting it's not like valuable right yeah i guess that's true i guess i was just hoping for more yeah i agree with that but i i definitely think that this next part of the storyline is just as like needed and relevant because i think it was an impossible situation for sean Mm -hmm. yeah he's been hiding sean at night because her dad hits her at night yeah and her dad is uh, the vice president of the bank and like this big shot nice house nice family guy yeah at least that's how Corey explains him. Yeah. No, I think that's definitely what we're supposed to believe is like, he's like well-to-do, probably powerful in their community. Mm-hmm. Like, and he hits her. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this situation, I, like you said, is really like relevant even still. Like, I mean, we talked about the Olympics earlier, but especially like the gymnastics, like USA gymnastics and all like the Larry Nasser. Yeah. All of that where it like took, yeah. it didn't take the police or the FBI, who we literally found out weeks ago, knew about it and didn't do anything about it. Um, and all of that, it took like hundreds of victims coming forth and making enough noise for something to actually happen, yeah. for anything to actually happen. So it's like seeing where Sean comes from makes a lot of sense. He's like, I'm a trailer park kid, and he's the vice president of a bank. Who do you think the police are going to listen to? Yeah. Right. But, yeah. And the police just generally can't do things about child abuse. Like... Unless they have some proof or a spouse comes forward or something. Like normally it just gets worse for the child after abuse is reported. Like, and you can have things like teachers cooperating stories of like, mm-hmm. so there are things. I mean, like as a teacher, that's a big thing. Like I'm a yeah mandatory reporter. Like if I find out about something, I have to say something about it. Right. But this isn't another kid saying she told me she was abused by her dad. Mm-hmm. This is like you recognizing the signs, like, and you can corroborate, corroborate, corroborate. Sorry. I just can't say that word today. The story, but like if a 15 year old boy came up and was like, she's being abused. She told me they'd be like, 
Okay. Like we'll look into it. Mm-hmm. So it also is hard because Claire at, at this point is still believing that her dad loves her. And it's like, mm-hmm. you know, I can't imagine what Claire's going to do because like if, if how Corey and Sean explain the dad, he seems like a really like nice guy. He just has major anger issues. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure that Claire's stuff is dealing with like, okay, well, I have all these good memories with him, but I need out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And feeling guilty about that. Right. Later where she's like, I know that he loves me and like, he doesn't mean to do these things is what she says. Yeah. Which just kind of makes sense. Cause typically if there's like physical abuse, there's also like emotional or other kinds of abuse going on as well. That could like really mess with you. Yeah. And like where you would say something like that, it's like, no, they do love me. It's like, no, yeah. they, they don't actually. I was luckily older when abuse started in my house. So physical abuse was not something that could happen because I was bigger than both my parents already. Um, But like the emotional and uh, verbal abuse was definitely a big part of my childhood. Mm -hmm. Um, And you do like, again, I was older. Um, Well, I was younger than Claire, but like older than when it starts for most kids, but you make excuses like you do. And you're like, Hey, I can't reconcile this with the fact that like they love me and like, the bad stuff ends eventually and I would come out of it. I would get very jaded throughout it and just kind of give up on my parents almost entirely (laughs) at some point. But that was several years into the cycle of like abuse. Um, Again, I was not being beat up, so I can't fully relate, Mm -hmm. but I do understand the like victim mentality a little bit. So what? Yeah, that's fair. Um, I think hearing Claire talk was fairly like heartbreaking through the rest of the episode um, because of what you were saying, Morgan, like the, like, no, my dad loves me. I just get in his way. Yeah. That, that sentence I was like, Oh honey. (laughs) Yeah. That's so not how love works. (laughs) Yeah. You don't, you don't beat up the thing you love. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Like she was heartbreaking. It's like in a year and a half, I'm gone. It's like a year and a half, you might be dead. Yeah. Yeah. Especially even just over the course of the episode, how we saw it progress. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because it starts out with her just spending the night at Corey's house and leaving before his parents get there. Yeah. And then it goes to her coming over the next night with the... Yeah, the black eye. Black eye. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. She got the bruises on her arm and then the black eye. Yeah. Yeah. I think what actually, like, the individual things that happen in this scene aren't, like, all that important. It's more the ideas Mm -hmm. presented. Like, she sees, like, this happy family... And there's like a sense of like, oh, that. Like, like a security. Yeah. Yeah. Also. Um, which again, like as someone who comes from a messed up background, like I get that. Like seeing other people's families and being like, oh, that'd probably be nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely a thing that I that I've done. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's very tragic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then like we I I guess we can just keep going with it. Yeah. Like we get to like Claire's state at Corey's house for one night and then she's going to come again. But then Corey and Sean are kind of having this debate where Sean's like, okay, we're just going to keep her safe one night at a time. And Corey's just like, that's not going to like take care of it. It's true. Which is true. But at the same time, like Sean's already given his reasons why he's doing what he's doing, which I think are also valid. Yeah. So the show is kind of, and I think it leans more heavily into Corey's corner. Yeah. Go to the, go to the police and have them do something about it. Like go through channels to deal with it in a bigger way. Um, which would be great if those channels worked. Yeah. And they do work sometimes, mm-hmm. but just so often they don't. Um, I mean, it's really interesting because right when Corey or Sean tells Corey, he's like, well, let's go talk to my parents about it. And Sean 
who's more like me, is just like, no, like an authority figure is not going to help. They're just going to make it worse. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, I think both sides are, are valid and it's like, I don't know, what would you do? I think that that's, I mean, that's the question I think was a big part of this episode for me. Cause it's like, if I was in that situation on any side of it, because I think that if, if I was Claire, I would have a very similar reaction of like, now he loves me and it's fine. And I just have a year and a half more because you don't think the worst of someone that you love usually. Yeah. And so it's like, it's her dad. And then I think Sean is just in this place of like, I just want to help. But he's there's no right way to help in that situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for him, so he's just kind of stuck. I don't know, like setting up surveillance in her home so that maybe you can catch like a video of it and get it mm-hmm. to the media. I don't know, like I don't, I, I don't know. Yeah, but I feel like even that big grassroots push against abuse. I mean, at this point, they're still like twenty years out. Yeah, and that really like taking hold in across the country. So it's like, even if from a writing standpoint, like for the writers of the show, like mm-hmm. that's not something that they probably would think to even try to yeah. incorporate because it didn't exist. Yeah. Of just like, you need to put it out there. Um, yeah. You also don't see, or maybe you didn't see as publicly like the tremendous backlash against people claiming abuse. Yeah. Um, which is definitely something you see now. Rightly so. With, right. Seeing backlash against claims of abuse. Being, seeing backlash against abusers. Oh, well, you're seeing backlash against the claims of abuse. Like oh. the people claiming that they've been abused and they're like, well, you're just making that up or you're just trying to get attention or whatever. I don't, I don't even want to dignify those people by pretending they exist. Uh, <laughs> me neither. Fair. Um, we'll just say it right now. If you, if you hit your child, we hate you. We're coming for you. <laughs> Please don't listen to this show. <laughs> Agreed. Like, send us your address. We have a, a prize to send your way. <laughs> yeah. Like, I just, I can't stand the idea of like someone who hits their child. Like, I would rather, I don't know. It drives me crazy. Let's mm-hmm. just put it I know. I always, I always said that I'm, I'm not for the death penalty unless we do something to children. Whatever it is, then you can have it. <laughs> You're done, son. You're done. Yeah. <laughs> um, we actually did in my freshman PE class. Our, my freshman PE class, I've talked a lot about it. I don't know if I have on air. It was mm-hmm. really yeah. weird because like it started with archery. We did ballroom dancing. We did um, a unit on eating disorders. Um, we did a unit on budgeting. And we did a unit on domestic abuse. Um, it's quite the physical education. Yeah. Um, but domestic abuse was one of them. And um, actually would go back and tell my story right before I left to that class, like my story of like abuse and how people don't know what's going on and all that stuff. Um, I would go back and tell, uh, tell that teacher's class that. Um, but one of the things we were talking about was that like, there are often times when she knows that there's abuse going on in her students' lives, but like she reports it, but nothing comes of it. And like, she just has to sit there and like, know what's happening. Mm-hmm. It's like the worst. Yeah. And uh, she's just like, I just want to make that kid's life better. Um, she was great. She was uh, one of the few teachers I remember the name of. Um, so nice. She was. She sounds one. awesome. I mean, archery, ballroom dancing, domestic abuse, domestic the three, abuse. three big ones. Um, yeah, it was a weird PE class for sure, for sure. Now I want to think through alphabet. All archery, ballroom dancing, something with a C, domestic abuse, eating disorders, something with a C, curling, curling. It was it was, uh, it was Montana. Yeah, we had curling in Montana. That's not true. <laughs> Um, maybe now maybe now it's much bigger um but yeah so it's 
I don't know. Mm-hmm. I can't say anything, but it's heartbreaking. And like, I definitely side more with Sean in the whole thing. Like, telling the cops ain't gonna do nothing. Um, See, and I'm I'm like more with Corey because in my perspective, of police have never done anything wrong to me personally. I mean, I'm not super. Anyways, but I'm just saying, like, to me, I'm like I'm with Corey. It's like go to someone, take her to therapy, you know, do something. Yeah, don't just let her live night to night at random people's houses. Oh yes, mm-hmm. I am fully there with you on the take her to therapy. <laughs> yeah, I just feel like the added instability of like running away every night is just like extra adding to the stress and the trauma of the whole situation yeah there's like there's better avenues to deal with it but also from sean's perspective he's like this is what i can do yeah. so this is what i'm going to do which i feel like is the biggest takeaway it's like do something yeah do something don't do nothing yeah yeah and, and like i said like i'm more on sean's side but i also know like what he was doing wasn't sustainable mm-hmm like, especially for a year and a half. Yeah. Like, it's just not not a sustainable effort um, to put forward. Like, we're going to do this every single night of taking her to a new room. You can't do that. Right. Exactly. That's what I met with. It's like, okay, in retrospect, that's a good idea. Sure. But. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, You just can't do it. No, it's not sustainable. So, and also, like, she's going to get caught at some point. Yeah. Honestly, I think if I were in Corey's shoes, I think if I were in Corey's shoes trying to figure out what to do, I probably would have gone and talked to Feeney. Yeah. He's her that's teacher. True. I don't know Feeney very well, but from the one thing I saw him, I liked him. Yeah. Well, he's the he's like the principal, but he's also like the history teacher of their high school. So he like he's in a position of authority over her. See, yeah. I that's probably what I would have done would be talk to Feeney. Or go to your parents. I mean, I feel like his parents are good characters. Yeah, his parents are good too. They they come out smelling nice in this episode. They do. Yeah, Feeney Feeney should have been paying more attention. Yeah. But he he would have been the person I think they should have talked to. Yeah. Like that when I was trying to think what I would do, the only thing I could think of would be like go talk to Feeney. Like cuz even his parents like they're not in a situation of authority over Claire. They don't know Claire's dad. Mm-hmm. And like I get wanting to tell your parents, but I don't know. I'm mm-hmm. just, the more I thought about it, the more I'm like, Feeney is the only person that makes sense to me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so he, they give her, give her a place to stay the first night. And then the second night she shows up with a black eye. So he takes her to Sean's and then they put her on a bus. train or a train bus. Or a bus to Vermont to her aunt's house. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause she'd said before, I feel like this little pop pot of flowers pops up a few times because mm-hmm. he brings it to Sean. And then I feel like it's there with Topanga oh, in I his room. I don't remember, I can't remember but I want to say maybe, but then here, like she's laying down he puts the flowers next to her. Uh-huh. And she's like falling asleep. Um, it's a very sweet asleep. moment. Yeah. yeah. Just cause she's like my aunt's house. Like I felt safe there and there's flowers everywhere. And even before you woke up, you could smell flowers before you opened your eyes. Yeah. Um, and so he like put them right next to her as she fell asleep on the couch. Oh, that's cute. Which is just like, Corey. I, don't I feel I, like this this episode, it's been a while, but this one this one got some tears from me. You, you, you teared up, huh? Like big time. Okay. Like from the moment that they come to Sean's house with the black eye till like they're done talking with Corey's parents. I was just like, I can't do anything. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's real. It's very real. Did you tear up, Morgan? Um, I definitely got emotional. <laughs> like I got very, I got like, um, yeah, I teared up, but I may have shed a few of those tears that were up in my eyeballs too. So no, I definitely <laughs> cried at that last. I just, I think that for me personally, it was just like one of those things where a situation where there was like no right answer, but everyone wanted to do what was right. Like yeah. people were 
like Sean and Corey were both arguing. Claire was just trying to like be as okay as possible. Like she was like, I can just go around night to night. She was like, my dad still loves me. I like, I don't, you know, like she's trying to figure out, she doesn't want to call the police. So I don't know. I think it made me emotional that everyone was just, there was no right answer. It just sucked that he was a douchebag. Yeah. And when they're in the trailer park and they're talking about what to do and she's like, I'll just lie. Like I just a year and a half and I'm gone. And then they start talking about it more. And she starts talking about, I'll just stay out of his way. And then she comes to the realization, like, why did you even have me? Like, I didn't do anything. Yeah, I didn't even, like, she's like, this time, I can clearly say I was not in his way. I didn't do anything. Like, why did he even have me? Like, if you didn't get emotional at that moment. Yeah, I agree. (laughs) She does a great job as an actress Mm -hmm. of, like, making you really feel heartbroken for her. Right. And, like, she's only 16. Yeah, she is. Yeah, she is a baby. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But then they send her to her aunt's. Yeah. And then Corey and Sean come in and Amy and Alan are there waiting for them. Yeah. It's like early in the morning. Um, and then they like are talking with them like, and what's to stop her dad from going to get her? Like, this seems like a good plan that you've come up with, but like you didn't think, really think it through. Right. It's like, because now legally she's a runaway. Mm-hmm. And so what are the police going to do? They're going to bring her back. And she's just back in the situation, probably has it worse because it wasn't really dealt with. It's like, we need to talk with them and like get the process going. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which again, we've talked about is like sometimes work, sometimes doesn't, mostly doesn't. Yeah. The, the unfortunate truth is um, I work at a homeless shelter that um, prioritizes women leaving battered relationships. Um, and so often, like more often than not, the guy in the, the abuser is still out and about because the law just can't do anything. Mm-hmm. So um, and it's, it, it's just, it's hard. <laughs> It's hard, but you know, they, they throw it to Sean, like, Sean, what do you think we should do? And he's like, I'm going to call the cops. Like I'm going to the police. Mm-hmm. Like I'll drive you. Yeah. So, and that's, I mean, that's pretty much the end of that storyline. Then we get a little wrap up with Corey and Topanga back in the bedroom. Mm-hmm. She's forgiven him very easily. Apparently. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they're reading a note that's like from Claire and she's going to stay with her aunt and her dad's getting counseling. And yeah. That's why I wrote down this wrapped up kind of too nicely. Yeah. She's like, Oh, it's just magically resolved. Yeah. Um, which I'm happy that it's resolved. Yeah. I wish that it was this simple. I wish it was too. I wish she wasn't going to have years and years of therapy bills. Yeah. And the trauma. Trauma responses. Yeah. Just all sorts of rough yeah. stuff. <laughs> um, and then Topanga's like, no music, no candles. He's just like, no, we're done with that. <laughs> what about that bowl of grapes? I like grapes. <laughs> <laughs> the best. And of all the fruits to eat in bed, grapes are probably the best. They don't have a lot of waste. There's not a waste. They're very self-contained. Like you said, mentioned strawberries. Strawberries, you touch the strawberry to something and it's red. <laughs> grapes mm. are contained. All the juices are inside. It's not like an orange or a peel or a banana that's weirdly shaped and yeah. kind of the if peel. You, and If you took them all off the stems beforehand, perfect. Yeah. Zero waste. So, but did you like the, the grapes callback? Yes, I loved the grapes were the funniest part. I enjoyed the great situation the entire episode. How did you, were you glad it had a happy ending or did you think it was a little too easy? Uh, I thought it was a little too easy, but I was also like, okay, it is very difficult. Like the stuff they're talking about and what, how they portrayed it. It would be very difficult to put that all into a 24 minute episode regardless. So I'm happy that they were just like, okay, it's going to end up correctly. Like you have to think about it as like, okay, this was over several days probably. And in the show world, 
it's like I didn't care that it ended up so perfectly. I I like I love for happy endings though, so I was like, yeah. sure, if it's a happy ending, I'm happy. Yeah, I was too. I was like, you know, this is probably not how it would have ended or it should have ended, but I'm glad. Right. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> like I don't want to deal with all the other all the other stuff going on. I kind of wish that Topanga and Corey would have had a more deeper conversation about it, but yeah, that was I felt okay with the ending with claire i was like okay she's on a bus they're gonna call the police hopefully like her dad's taking care of the japanka and Corey, though i wish that they would have driven a little bit deeper into yeah i really even like even like one line of like hey Corey, like there's two people in this relationship and like deepening it sexually is like a two-way street so if you want to like we need to talk about that right exactly <laughs> Like, talk talk to your partner about boundaries, Mm -hmm. basically. Communication. Beanie says communication is key. Yeah. There is zero communication between the two of them. Yeah. Other than Topanga saying, what did you think was going to happen? Yeah. And then nothing really has a result of that. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's the, her statement says, just because we're not going to ninth base doesn't mean we can't take a lead off of first. It's like, whatever. (laughs) Whatever, Topanga. And then they turn the music on and it's the Barney song. Yeah. And so they start doing the little dance and showing their three fingers. Where's my nose? Which is very cute. And that's the end. That's the end. That's the episode. So uh, ratings. What did you rate it out of 10? So I feel like I have to do some math because for half of the episode, I give it a 10 out of 10. Me crumbled up crying on the floors. <laughs> and for the other half, I give it six out of 10 bowls of grapes. Okay. All those CDs. So that leaves us with an average of an eight. An eight? Okay. Eight out of ten. Nice. Yeah. Half the episode's a ten, half the episode's six. Okay. Maybe a five. What'd you think, Morgan? Mm, I'm trying to debate here. I agree with the half of the episode being much more like deep and real. And I got an ending with half the episode because I still feel a little a little bit of emptiness with the Topanga situation. Yeah. Um, so for that, I'm giving it a seven point five out of ten overall because I just needed something more with Topanga, yeah. but I did really like the ending of the second half. And I liked that they got it figured out and that everyone was trying to help, but yeah. I needed more communication here. Yes, I agree. I agree. A wrap up to the Corey and Topanga plot would have been, would, it just would have been better. And like, in life happens that way sometimes, like, something like bigger than what you're dealing with comes along and you kind of forget like i guess that's like true to life but it's not like satisfying to watch on tv um especially because like they do this whole thing and then they don't really say anything about it all they really say is like if you try to take your girlfriend's bra off and she's not ready she'll get mad at you for a little while then forgive they you forgive you and say we should lead <laughs> off first <laughs> literally so did did you feel like did you like empathize with the panga at all morgan did you like feel uncomfortable for her yes Oh, 100%. If my boyfriend ever tried to do that, I'd be very upset. Because there has to be, there has to be communication. And the fact that he was just like, I'm going to do this thing. It's like, I'm sure that Corey was not like going for this. It kind of gave me some rapey vibes, like overall, Um, just because it was like, dude, you have to, if you've never done that before, there needs to be a conversation. So I felt like I got major and like secondhand embarrassment from that situation, like both from Topanga and Corey, because Topanga, I mean, I don't know what I would have done in that situation either, because there has to be communication about it. Yeah. So yeah, I did not, that scene made me just very uncomfortable. Yeah. Even in retrospect, just hearing you talk about it, Corey is being very manipulative. Like he's like manipulating the whole situation. He's like practicing a a script. Yes. And like to have everything ready like that, where it's like, okay, yeah, we're 
we're getting it on tonight and there's no like there's no like conversation beforehand or any like boundary set or mm-hmm. anything it's like okay this is not the move yeah agreed 100 percent um yeah i i'm kind of between a 7.5 and an 8 as well um i think i would go closer to an 8 if there was a resolution um but i think i'll probably i'll probably uh do 7.5 on this one just because like i'm glad the clear thing got figured out like and I'm glad they presented like a hard situation and presented it as hard and not like there's an easy solution to this. So I liked that whole thing, but the Corey and Topanga thing just needed something. It needed they to need say to something. Yeah. So I'm going to give it a 7.5. Yes. Who is your MVP? I feel like it's very hard. It is. <laughs> I think probably Corey, just because he learns from his mistakes. Sort of. Sort of. I don't know. It's between Corey and Sean for me. But, like, Sean doesn't communicate well at the beginning, and Corey, like, does try to manipulate Topanga into having sex. It's hard to give the MVP to either of them. Mm-hmm. But there's not really anyone else. You could give it to Claire, I guess. Uh-huh. That's what I was going to give it to. I was going to say Claire. She does do a really good job, like the actress, with that last uh-huh. bit. The part in the in the trailer. And if it's the most important person, yeah, nothing would happen. Clearly the most valuable. Claire? I say we give it to Claire. Okay. I say, yeah. Claire's a good choice. Mm-hmm. I didn't think about it, but I always want to give it to a main character. But sometimes they all suck. Yeah. I or did. just questionable enough. Yeah. See, yeah, I, I don't really feel like any of the main characters, besides Mr. Feeney's advice, was like an amazing character throughout the entire episode. Agreed. I feel like they all did some like BS stuff throughout it. Yeah. Yeah, Mr. Feeney's just about the only one that comes away Clean. smelling like a rose. Yeah. Yeah. I do. Or Topanga, I guess, because she didn't do anything wrong either. Yeah, Topanga didn't do anything wrong either. She felt used. Yeah. <laughs> um, I could give it to Topanga. I just wish she was more of a presence in the episode. Mm-hmm. Like, have her try to help help with the whole Claire thing. Yeah. Don't just write her out once Sean comes in the window. Mm-hmm. Like, have her be part of the group. Um, a third viewpoint. I will say that from the moment Sean climbs in the window, he is my MVP, probably. But I just can't forgive him for the beginning of the episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it needs to be Claire. Yeah, Claire is a good choice. And then finally, what did you title it? I didn't write down any scores or MVPs or titles, so I'm not really sure. I, I like the name the name of the actual episode, like Dangerous Secrets. Yeah. I feel like it's a really good name. Yeah. Anyways, like even Boy Meets Dangerous Secrets. Yeah. We've said we can't do that in the past. Have we? Yeah. Boy Meets a Dangerous Secret. <laughs> Boy Meets a Dangerous Secret. <laughs> I mean, it is a great... It's a it's it's going back to like model family where it's just a great title. Uh-huh. Yeah, they actually nailed this one. <laughs> they nailed this title. Did you have a title, Morgan? Well, the only no, I just thought the only the only way I would name this anything other because I agree, Dangerous Sequence is very good. I personally would go with something lighter because the episode is so heavy. Like, what you need you need to give them some the viewers something to like. Okay, this is going to be a deeper episode. Straight up, though, sitting right here right now, I'm gonna I'm gonna name it Grapes. Yes, that was grapes. the best part of the episode. <laughs> Boy meets grapes. <laughs> I love it. But yeah, I like Boy Meets Grapes. Boy Meets Grapes. <laughs> Boy Meets Dangerous Secrets, Boy Meets Grapes. Somewhere in there. Somewhere between the two. <laughs> is the title. Is the title. Oh, goodness. And that's it. We, we're done. We did it. Oh. How do you feel? Good. We covered a whole episode. Did, what did you think? It was good. I liked that. I'd never <laughs> listened to it before because I'd never watched Boy Meets World. So like, I was like, okay, that's fun. I liked that. That doesn't seem like a take. Okay. Wow. 
Yeah, uh, we. I've told Cameron and I've said this before, but we always feel like we're auditioning for a guest. Like, hey, will you come back on? <laughs> <laughs> Would you come back on? Uh, Would you watch another episode and come talk to us? Oh, one hundred percent. You got your your finger on the pulse of youth culture. Yeah. Just in a way that we don't. Actually, anytime I do have like a question about the cool things that young people are doing, I do text Morgan. That's not a joke. Yeah, that's true. He does do thing. that. Saying young people isn't cool. Yes, I know he does that do much. That frequently. What are you young people up to? I actually, now that I work at a high school, like with like mostly 16, 17 year olds, I actually like to be cringy more. It is powerful. <laughs> like, I love to say, I love to walk around and be like, oh, you youths. <laughs> you street youths like schmidt from the girl yeah <laughs> youths my favorite is just whatever the trendy thing is is doing it to the point where i ruin it <laughs> i like to think that i single-handedly ended dabbing <laughs> you single-handedly and flossing i i actually have meant to ask morgan what's with people like making like finger guns and pointing to their she i don't i don't know that? what that means i don't know <laughs> but you're doing it the wrong way because it's like you just point oh, you it's, it's like whenever it's my okay. Yeah, yeah, you gotta yeah. go like this. Sheesh! I'm fairly certain it's drug related. Yeah, that's that's, some of that my could be a very big possibility. Shooting, shooting up. You say sheesh, jeesh, jeesh. Okay. No, but you know it's sheesh. Jane, but we'll disagree. We'll agree to disagree. <laughs> she is a nineteen-year-old. Yeah, cool what do they know? Nineteen-year-old cool girls know nothing. <laughs> I have the coffee taste of a middle school girl, and middle school girls are more powerful than 19-year-old girls. Oh, goodness. We cannot be contained. You do have the coffee taste of a nineteen or a middle school girl. It's true. Those caramel macchiatos. Iced iced coffee with caramel is my go-to. That's his thing. Where can people find you? What's your TikTok Instagram if you want people to follow you? Okay, my TikTok and my Instagram handles and my Twitter handles are Hey, It's Morgan with two H's. Really, all I care about is tiktok if you follow me on tiktok i will love that for myself because i post daily vlogs so if you want to just see what i do every single day um follow my tiktok because there's one video you have to scroll really far down it has 1.2 million views and that was um that's my biggest flex in my life so (laughs) there you go i did see i've seen all your videos at least up until a few weeks ago because like i said i binge them yes and i didn't you game reminder <laughs> i think the last thing i saw was you pimping out your cousin oh yes yes my cousin no he's back with his ex so oh rip in peace um anything else exciting about me no if you're going to uco in the fall hit me up i guess are you on campus yeah wow you haven't been to college on campus yet i have not i'll see you there yeah, you're you're at your last semester is my last fall, semester grad school. I, oh, where at? At UCO. Oh, you're not going to OU? No. It's what more, do you do? I'm a teacher. Oh, okay, at Norman High School. No, he's no, fifth grade. Elementary school. That's cute. Yeah, I think so. Adams Elementary. Represent. So follow Morgan on TikTok and I just did Instagram. I never look at TikTok, but I follow Morgan now. And thank you. What is it? Clancy's Tavern. You watch those? No. It's like a D&D type thing where he makes different drinks. <laughs> okay. Um, we follow because our my my TikTok is the BG World Fever TikTok, <laughs> which I've never done anything with. We follow Morgan. We, d- we will now. And that one guy. Yeah, we follow the guy who danced. The depressed girl who, I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Do we follow Lainey? 
Yeah, we follow Lainey now, and we follow... Lainey is a TikToker we had on here, who I just, like, happened upon her live, and she was talking about Boy Meets World, and I was like, hey, I have a Boy Meets World podcast, and we you talked about on. it. Do you guys have a guest every episode? No. No. We, tr- we try to do, like, big episodes to have guests on. Um, this was a big one. Yeah, this was a big one. We needed a guest for this one, we- and you were the perfect guest. Thank you. I was in quarantine. This is the only <laughs> thing I have to do today. Oh, what a life. Wish that was that was my life sometimes. If I was in Stillwater, I'd bring you a puzzle. Mm, I don't like puzzles, but thank you. <laughs> you would like the one chance picked out. I would lo- I would love that one. It would be a special puzzle. Um man, yeah, it's Olympics time, bitch. <laughs> it's Olympics time, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, I don't have anything else. Oh, I do actually. Thanks, Dizzy Parker, yeah. for our theme song. You can check out the video that the song is from in the description of the episode and find all of his other wonderful stuff from there. And now I don't have anything else. Yeah, we're, we're, we're always grateful for our theme song. Um, that's everything. Thank you, Morgan, for coming on the show. No um, problem. I'm happy to be here. Follow Morgan and follow us at BG World Fever on everything. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and that's all I've got. So, so long, world. So long, world. When the storm is world.